bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics, like we're talking about reality TV. Ugh. Can we just interview <laughs> Moses Hackmon every week, Memo? Oh my god, I know. In case anyone missed it, we interviewed the fiancé of YouTube megastar Trisha Paytas last week. And he was such a magical Israeli wizard shaman that he made the first dream in our long-form Trisha Paytas daydream come true. That's right. Okay? Phase one of Julie and Brandy become friendly, supportive, respectful acquaintances of Trisha Paytas. Right. And then get invited to Moses and Trisha's wedding was officially completed when Trash tweeted a clip of our fucking interview with Moses <laughs> and she said on the tweet quote this interview is so cute and this tweet <laughs> is so sweet thank you with a heart emoji <laughs> and don't even don't even try and underplay the heart emoji it just hits different mm-hmm. when you see a heart emoji mm-hmm. next to it this interview is so cute and this tweet is so sweet thank you heart emoji <gasps> died you almost crashed the car okay you almost crashed the goddamn car i, like, I haven't seen you that so- <laughs> oh my god oh my god oh my god and then i made you play the our own interview while we were driving so i could see what she saw and at the beginning of the interview we put this this if you haven't seen oh we're gonna post it on our patreon memo the little oh, okay the little video because we okay. said we would um, if you don't have Twitter, we're going to put it. You have to go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. We'll make it so anyone can see it. Um, it's a, like minute and a half. It's a minute and 32 seconds, I think. <laughs> we added this title card at the beginning that says the very first question is, does Trisha Paytas know who we are? Don't answer that. And then we put a title card that says, I love you, Trisha Paytas. Right. And I made Mau Mau do a, like a stopwatch and tell me how long <laughs> she had to watch it before she saw that. Oh, and it's some like 0.7 seconds. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she saw it. What can we say? You know, we're still conceptualizing phase two of our long form Trisha Paytas daydream. But if you want real time updates and also the prequel to the current daydream, you got to join our Patreon podcast. <laughs> and also you can go and see the video. We're going to post all that. of it. I mean, all of it. It's the history. It's the legend. We don't just talk about Trisha Paytas on our Patreon podcast, however, but we do have at least... A trilogy from this year dedicated to her. I mean, we really got into her this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have a few like a, a smattering last year. And yes. we had, but it's become, it's the journey. The journey and the journey has, and uh, the journey's just not over. The journey isn't over. We're, we're full, full into the journey. Now we release two podcasts a week and they are both an hour long. You can sign up for one podcast a week or two. 
We never talk politics and there are never any ads. It's just a shit show of topics and songs and internet mysteries and conspiracy theories. There's no structure. We just go off the top of our heads and it's just a mess. Go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics to sign up or to check out a free one from September 2020 called Windows Up Sing Time. You know, there are no words. There are no words. And and, and it doesn't even the the actual interview with him. It was just mm-hmm. a twofer. It was like yeah. there was the Trisha Paytas, you know, branch. Right. But yes. But Moses himself was a dream, a dream. And, you know, we never could have imagined or foreseen what happened um, after that. And I'm going to um, do a little bit of um an expose on that in my so there's that uh, yeah on this episode. well i mean when you said but, he was an israeli shaman you were right because um trisha paytas got into uh, embroiled into a little drama mm-hmm. that had people calling her anti-semitic mm-hmm. and then also um i guess israel like uh, got rid of their <laughs> prime minister after mm-hmm. 12 years and mm-hmm. i just thought that was all because of our interview with moses <laughs> yes, quite frankly exactly. and i that's how Talk about malignant narcissism. <laughs> I have it and it's a goiter on my neck. And I literally think I'm like, he is so magical that just that we gave him his space to put out his watery, mm-hmm. hydrating energy mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Look at all the change. Look at all the change. Beyond. I mean, even Trisha Paytas has gotten tri- rid of her, her toxic. Whole li- exactly. Her toxic goiter. Yeah. She and had yes. toxic fucking energy in her she, life that she right. got rid of. She cut that cancer right out of yeah. her life. And I hope she keeps it out. I hope so, too. I really, really, really my my Jewish prayer for her is that she doesn't allow that toxic sewage garbage (laughs) dump back into her life. She needs to go on her own path mm-hmm. with Moses yep. and uh, us, quite frankly. <laughs> um, we want to be, we won't bug on. We're not going to be too pushy. We're also awkward around just acquaintances. <laughs> exactly. We just want to be distant, you know, yes, distant. and, you know, like, like friendly, just ha ha ha, stuff like that. And then also mm-hmm. at the wedding, but never really say hi. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to. No, exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we just, we just want to be just around in the. In the Saturn of the planet of Saturn, there's like many, many rings. We can be on the most outer ring. Oh, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. And we won't ever think who the fuck we are or, you know, start eating our own cupcakes. We will not start eating our own cupcakes. And I'll tell you, if the cancer tries to come back, I'll kick its fucking ass. (laughs) How about that? How about that? Not that Moses needs my help. Now, our erotic third, Devin Vrana. Yes. Wow, Devin. Oh, my God. She came in on a tight second for your early (laughs) birthday gift acknowledgement. Okay, tight second. Now, Aaron Cordova Cornova, Mm -hmm. he did beat her by a week with the sprinkles cake. I can't. (laughs) But Devin Vrana is on the shit, hunty. Uh, Yes. Okay, she sent me a very generous gift card. When I saw it in the email, I couldn't even, I didn't even believe, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. So... She's just been so generous and thoughtful. And so her note said, meow, meow, happiest of happy birthdays. I hope you can put this to good use. You and Brandy were such a much needed bright spot during an obnoxiously challenging and painful time. I am so grateful. I am still obsessing about your brilliant op-ed on the Gaza shit show. Um, Thank you. I loved the Moses interview, too. See? You weren't saying thank you to her. She said thank you to you. Yeah, she said thank you to me. So um, how about, so she's saying thank you and I say thank you to her. Many thank yous all around. I loved the Moses interview too. I have gained so much needed street cred with my daughter over my new Trisha Paytas knowledge. My daughter's been watching her since she was 12. Explains so much. I planned on celebrating you way before and after 628. I hope you will do the same. Love, love, love you, Devin Vrana. 
I mean, Devin, we love you so much. And um, we also thought the interview was really good. Um, I'm so happy you heard it. I mean, Devin lost her dad amongst like a bunch of other right at the beginning of this year. And remember the beginning of this year. And I know because my birthday is the beginning of the year. It really did was the fucking the capital insurrection. Right. I lost my uncle. It was right. like it's just like is 2021 really going to be fucking waxadoo again? Yeah. But it seems to be turning a corner or it has been just everybody sort of just refused to let it be another 2020. Right. And I hope that that Devin, you know, we never know what the stars have for us. You know what I mean? True. But, so you might be having an still in the middle of a challenging time, Devin. But I hope like you've turned a corner as yeah. well. And we know Texas just, they don't fucking have anybody in masks. (laughs) Motherfuckers be out and about. Shooting up the street, apparently. So that was so sweet, my man. I mean, just so sweet. That was really sweet. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Devin Vrana. Okay, so then, for the first time in Mm -hmm. dumb gay politics, herstory, we received a high school graduation (laughs) invitation. Gracie Jones is graduating from Woods Cross High School in Utah. Wow. Okay. Gracie, I don't know. I'm not sure if her mom listens. I didn't really know. We, I, would, I would be surprised if we have any high school kids out here on these streets <laughs> on their own just finding the podcast. Um, I know we have a Sally Jones, but Sally lives in Kentucky. Hmm. We used to have a Danielle Jones. I hope she still listens. I don't know if she has a daughter. I don't know where Danielle lives. Mm. It could be Danielle's mm. daughter. Interesting. There's no personal note. Just a very, I would say, top of the line. Top of the line. Graduation invitation. Mm-hmm. Seniors 2021. <laughs> um, she included her gorgeous graduation picture postcard, mm-hmm. which will be going on the Drug Den Bulletin board, even though we don't really know how and why. How and why Gracie. <laughs> and I'll tell you this. Here's something curious. Uh-huh. The senior class of Woods Cross High School announces its commencement ceremonies will take place in June 2021. So the curious thing there is that there's no date, which really fucks up my plan of having us road trip to Utah and actually showing up at Gracie's graduation. <laughs> yeah, we don't know when or where it is. There's no, no time. There's no place. Where do we, How do we know? I know. Well, we know where Woods Cross High School, but it says you can find out on the website, but I'm like, huh interesting very interesting oh, maybe we'll pop in show up and be like Woo! give a speech you know what i mean well we don't know the date i right or the location Well, maybe we'll just show up to utah in the middle of june and just be like let's go to everyone's graduations yes. in all of utah all the mormon high school graduations Who's looking for sister wives that's right all right now it's time for jojo and kiki So this week, Joe Biden is continuing his European work vacation, first in Brussels for a set of meetings with our American allies, who went from friends to frenemies during Trump. And then after kissing their asses for a few days, Biden will go to Switzerland for a highly anticipated meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin, who went from enemy to frenemy during Trump. And hopefully Biden makes it clear that he's not allowed to sit with us anymore. And all of that is very exciting. And the Switzerland landscape porn has been unparalleled. 
We're kind of hanging up our travel hats for a while, but we aren't going to completely retire them until we've been to Geneva. Mm -hmm. And I just want to put that out into the universe. (laughs) But anyway, we can't even get to Putin and Biden politely threatening each other through translators (laughs) while eating Swiss chocolate. Before we tell you about the huge G7 meetings that Biden had in England, by the way, at the beach in England, mm-hmm. the beautiful beach in England, because who the fuck knew? Who knew? I, 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 it, it, the, the, it was a scene out of Highlander. I didn't know what the hell <laughs> or Outlander or whatever. Just where are they? And we're going to have to add that place to the list. Not a beach towel in sight. Oh, no. Not no. a not a person tanning. Uh, no, this was where somebody on a horse was going to ride up with yeah, a sword and right. then a time machine was going to open up. And then, you know, Sean Connery was going to come out and try and cut your head off like this was right happening. <laughs> now, as we told you last week, the G7 stands for the group of seven. And it's a group of seven countries with the richest democracies who have joined together to work for common goal. And in this case, Biden's new build back better world plan. So now Biden is not just building back America better. He's got a plan to build back the world better. And he's got the help of all the members of the G7, which is America, Canada, the United Kingdom, Japan, Italy, Germany, and France. I'm glad that now six other countries have to be part of the dorky branding of the Biden administration (laughs) so that we're no longer alone in the no malarkey of it all. Mm -hmm. Sorry, France. Sorry, England. You now have to get corn on cheese, on corny cheese, on cheesy rice like us. (laughs) I mean, it's good. It's not that it's bad. It's just real, real cheesy. Oh, 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 we are the country of making love and having the sex in Versailles. We don't want to have corn on cheese. And when we have cheese, we have it on the baguette. That's right. The baguette of which I buy from the lady, the bagaria, bagatria. They don't even put cheese on fries. They put mayonnaise. No, that's Canada. They put cheese on fries. <laughs> well, they were there. Poutine. He old talk about dorky. Old dork. dork <laughs> yeah, that's why dork I didn't include them. They've been done involved in the dorkiness this whole time. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, we're sorry. Um, all of North America, even Mexico's involved in our dorkiness. <laughs> Everybody right. across the pond was like, "Oh, thank God we can't aren't involved in that." Well, you they know are what? I guess we'd rather have some dorky good feelings That's right. than shitty, disgusting, oppressor, white supremacist We feelings. love our dorky gay dead son. We love, we love our dorky dead gay son. And what they mean by Build Back Better World is immediately stop China from becoming the most powerful country, which basically is about to happen any day now if these seven countries don't get their country asses in gear. Now, some of you might feel your asshole clenching up because you think you're hearing thinly veiled China's going to take over fear mongering rhetoric. Well, let me clarify for you. You are hearing it. (laughs) Everything in this segment is taken from an article in Reuters, which they are reporting directly from the G7 summit in Cornwall. Corn, even the place they chose. Exactly. Reuters is an international bipartisan news organization well known for fact based reporting. Now, we are interpreting the information in the article and forming an opinion as one is supposed to do when one reads an article. But the title of the article is G7 Rivals China with Infrastructure Plan. So I think we all know where this is going. And we get it. We do. The statement China's going to take over is gross and Fox Newsy. I mean, it just it just is. Mm -hmm. But the sentiment and possible reality of China taking over seems to be impending and it is very alarming simply because they are a communist country who currently have the world's second largest economy and they have made development and investment deals which stretch from asia to europe and beyond 
in what appears allegedly, maybe, possibly, some people say, don't shoot the messenger, a.k.a. the podcaster, a.k.a. me. <laughs> some people say could be an attempt to expand communist China into the Western world. But don't blame me. Again, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> well, just saying. this isn't our fucking vault. We didn't make this happen. And not saying it on this podcast isn't going to make it not true. I mean, conspiracy theories on the pandemic aside, the Reuters article says, quote, the reemergence of China as a leading global power is considered to be one of the most significant geopolitical events of recent times, alongside the 1991 fall of the Soviet Union that ended the Cold War. And until now, the West has failed to offer a positive alternative to the lack of transparency, poor environmental and labor standards, and coercive, aggressive approach of the Chinese government that has left many countries worse off. Not to mention, they've blatantly disappeared over three million people into labor camps, which are basically horrific prisons where people who are Muslim or Christian or who just don't want to be run by a communist government are forced to work and give them free labor. They have killed journalists. They have disappeared journalists. They are not... Look at what... Even just with Hong Kong. And in China itself, the government has... Um, has suppressed social media to the point where they aren't even allowed to have outside social media. They have their own particular Chinese style social media. Yeah. Like the the Chinese government sucks. The Chinese government is a communist government. They oppress their people. They are awful. And when we talk about China, we're talking about the government and not the people. We just want to make that clear that there is just no getting around. It's not their fault. The people that live it's there. Not it's their not their fault. And so but we have to be able to criticize the government. It's just like Russia. You have to be able to criticize and call out what they're doing for what they're doing and not get bent up in some other thing. It is what it is. So yeah, fuck their government. They fucking suck. OK, so here's the deal with the G7 summit and the Build Back Better world plan as it pertains to China. So basically in 2013, Chinese President Xi, President Xi, he launched a long-term plan called the Belt and Roadway Initiative, okay? They call it the BRI, but I'm not going to do it because it reminds me of BMI. It reminds me of BM. It just, I'm just not doing it. So the Belt and Roadway Initiative is an overarching term, okay, for a set of development and investment deals that China has made with over 100 countries, okay, for projects like railways, ports, highways, and tons of other infrastructure. I mean, you don't, at that point, it could be digital infrastructure. Right. Now, this is where, again, don't shoot the messenger, a.k.a. me. Critics say that the Belt and Roadway Initiative is basically the Chinese government's attempt to create a modern version of the ancient Silk Road mm. trade route, mm -hmm. which will link China with Asia, Europe, and beyond as a vehicle for the expansion of communist China through commerce. Now, one could assume these quote unquote critics are dicks from Fox News and they'd probably be right. But Biden and the leaders of the six other richest democracies in the world clearly feel some kind of way about it because they called a summit at a cold beach in Cornwall just to hatch a plan to stop this shit. OK, and supposedly they did. The main component of the Build Back Better world plan is to mobilize private sector capital in areas such as climate, health, security, digital technology, and gender equity and equality. With the use of this private sector capital, the G7 is going to launch a massive infrastructure plan to help developing nations turn a corner by 2035, which will shore up the region and allow America, England, France, Italy, Canada, Japan, and Germany to beat back the growing assertiveness of China, as well as address the need for China to meet the G7 standards on trade and human rights, which they are 
hideous at, by the way. Yeah. Hideous. And a lot of the people they're doing trade deals with, it, they're really aggressive. They're really coercive. They don't follow rules. A ton, a ton, ton, ton of their vendors were kicked off Amazon. And I, obviously, we don't give Jeff Bezos credit because he doesn't fucking deserve any. So fuck him, too. <laughs> but it's like they're they're a lot of their trade practices can are really, really, really shady. And it, there is not even words to describe what they're doing in terms of like you know their labor rights and human rights and it's just they don't have any labor hor- laws it's horrific <laughs> they don't have horrific. any labor laws horrific. like a senior official from the Biden administration said this is not just about confronting or taking on China but until now we haven't offered a positive alternative that reflects our values our standards and our way of doing business so on paper of course they're playing it off that this is just a lead by example situation and it's not specifically a plan to allow the G7 to be competitive with China who is blowing us away in every area quickly. So what they did was make what they are calling a quote transparent infrastructure plan to gather together private sector money in all seven countries in order to get $40 trillion together by 2035 so these mysterious developing nations of which there is no list (laughs) or specific country even mentioned. I'm like, give me an example. Give me an example of where you're going to, you know, make an infrastructure that will help that will help, you know, shore this up. But they don't. So what they're doing is trying to get these developing nations to get it together and become viable and functioning and not just sitting ducks for China to roll through and entice them with their belt and roadway initiative. Yeah, right. Because what the basic fear is that not only is China going to further expand their economic and military presence by going into these developing nations with their belt and roadway initiative, but once they're there, since these countries have little to no infrastructure to speak of, it will be easy for China to implement their communist ideals as well. I hate foreign (laughs) policy. I'm too narcissistic for this. Well, Jojo and Kiki is done, but for some reason I'm feeling tired and drained and exhausted and angry and hungry. Mm. What time is it, Meow Meow? Oh, it's Megan McCain o'clock. Wedding, Denise. This segment used to be called Megan McCain Bugs, but just in case hell freezes over and she ever agrees to come on this podcast, we changed the name to Megan McCain O'Clock. And we actually think it's more fitting because there's never a time when she doesn't bug. Hence, Megan McCain O'Clock. For those of you who aren't familiar with our quarantine Twitter bestie, Megan McCain, lucky you. She's the daughter of the very famous and now deceased John McCain, who was a Republican senator from Arizona who ran against Obama in 2012. Megan McCain is undeniably attractive and smart, but it's mainly because of her father that she is now a regular co-host on The View, where she regularly bugs everyone every day with her conservative Arizona white privilege nepotistic <laughs> bullshit. That said... We are obsessed with her, and she's a huge fan of Bravo. And if we found out that she liked us on the People's Couch or Vanderpump, we'd become her friend immediately and defend her until the end. Correct. Now, this segment used to be called Megan McCain Bugs because she bugs. But also, the view bugs, whoopee bugs, sunny bugs, 
Joy bugs, Sarah Haynes bugs, the guest bug, the segments bug, the format bugs, the incessant <laughs> birthday celebrations bug. The whole show is just generally annoying and unsatisfying, especially now, while they are doing it remotely from their living rooms and talking about nothing but Corona. That said, we didn't miss a single episode in COVID-20, and we haven't missed one in Forever 21. And honestly, we are so codependent on it now that Whoopi and Joy don't even bug anymore. And don't even get us started on how obsessed we are with Sonny Hostin. Mm -hmm. That bitch gets it <laughs> so hard on the view in quarantine. Mm -hmm. We stand, we stand, we stand, we stand. If any one of our 14 listeners has a path to Sunny Hostin, come up <laughs> off that contact card immediately because we got it bad for her on the Trisha Paytas level. <laughs> we are going to make Sunny Hostin ours some way, somehow we will. She's a star. They all are. If you aren't watching it, you need to get your fucking life because the chemistry and underlying rage and seething tension between all of the women really shines through when they are forced not to talk over each other. I'm telling you that we watch The View every single day without missing it, and we feel low-key anxiety when it's over, which is why Julie spends the majority of her time switching between <laughs> Trisha Paytas Twitter and Meghan McCain's Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then she calls me and updates me if there's anything good, aka annoying, on Meghan McCain's Twitter, which there always is, because Meghan McCain bugs. <laughs> and then, when it's especially good, aka annoying, we know that it's Meghan McCain o'clock and time to fill you guys in. So take it away, meow meow. Let me just fix my clocks and my watch and the alarm. Beep, boop, beep, boop. It's time. Okay. So as our 14 listeners know, we recently did a shallow dive on the work that Vice President Kamala Harris is doing in the Northern Triangle. If you didn't listen, don't care, or just can't remember, the Northern Triangle is basically a nickname for three countries in Central America that are super poor, super corrupt, super dangerous, and in the path of super hurricanes. The three countries are Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala. And because of these intense conditions mixed with the fact that Trump is gone, the people in the Northern Triangle are basically on a mass exodus to America. This is causing overcrowding and dangerous conditions at our southern border. And Joe Biden put Kamala Harris in charge of dealing with the root causes of the mass migration, which comes from the Northern Triangle. If you missed it, please go back and listen to our episode from two weeks ago because we just can't do another shallow dive. Basically, on that episode, the Jojo and Kiki segment was dedicated to all of the work that Kamala Harris has done already on the future of the Northern Triangle. And then last week, she took a trip down to the Northern Triangle and Mexico to meet with civil leaders, government leaders and industry leaders to further cement their commitment to troubleshooting the hideous and abusive living conditions there. Now, you may also remember this year when we've done our favorite segments, Hot Saki for Lunch and the White House Press Corps Fucking Tragic, that we dragged the reporters in the White House press briefing for relentlessly harassing White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki about when Kamala Harris was going to go visit the border. They asked the same question 10 different ways for 10 days in a row. Okay. Um, now that Vice President Harris has been put in charge of immigration, when is she going to visit the southern border? Uh, yeah, I'd like to follow up on a, for, uh, the uh, question that was previously asked about President Harris and her going to the border. <laughs> when will she be going to Vice President <laughs> Harris and when she'll be going to the border? When will she be going to the border? Hi, Caitlin Collins, CNN. <laughs> um, I'd like to know, um, just following up, I know that you've answered this in sort of a different way. I'd like to ask a qu this question in a different manner. When is President... When <laughs> <laughs> when is Vice President Harris going to be visiting the southern border? There's a crisis going on, and we just want to know if she's going to be visiting the uh, southern border. Hi, uh, Peter 
Um, what's Dinklage. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, Peter Dinklage with the Southern News. Um, <laughs> the Southern Border News. With the Southern Border News. <laughs> we're waiting on Kamala Harris to come visit. Yeah, we're waiting. On a, we, we, you know what? The, you know, the, the, the Biden administration just does not want to say that there's a crisis at the Southern Border. So we yep. just wanted to ask you right now, is there a crisis at the Southern Border? And what will pr- Vice President Harris be doing about it? And why won't you say crisis? Why won't the administration, yeah, why won't the administration crisis? say crisis? Um, you know, many other Republicans particularly say there's a crisis at the border. Why won't you say there's a crisis at the border? Russian President Vladimir Putin <laughs> put out a statement in his last hack that said that there is a crisis at the southern border. Why can't you say there's a crisis at the and southern border? And why won't Kamala Harris go there? Why isn't uh, Kamala Harris going to the southern border? And why is she constantly in other places doing other things and other work um, for her job? So like we played... On hot sake for lunch, Jen Saki calmly told them 10 times a day for 10 days straight. Kamala Harris has no plans to visit the southern fucking border. <laughs> President Biden has put her in charge of the northern fucking triangle to deal with what is causing this mass migration. The crisis in the northern triangle is a different set of issues than what's happening at the southern fucking border facilities. <laughs> Furthermore, we have a whole huge administration with many executives and aides and administrators who are in charge of dealing with and troubleshooting the issues at the southern fucking border. Again, Vice President Harris is in charge of dealing with the northern fucking triangle. Well, after hearing... And that was a quote. <laughs> that's, that's right. I mean, I don't know how much more it can be said. Do you, you know? It's like this. Okay. When the tub that time backed up Mm -hmm. and it was all of your IBS and I saw it go into the tub. Yes. And I didn't really want to deal with the actual IBS in the tub. Mm -hmm. So I was in charge of leaving the room. Mm -hmm. I called the landlord. Right. And it's like I dealt with trying to get Drano XYZ. Yes. There was two different jobs that needed to happen. Mm -hmm. Someone needed to go to ground zero, the tub, which had the IBS, which had come from the toilet. Right. And that clog. And then someone else had to deal with facilitating how we were going to get the plumber here, the quick fix to get the poo out of the tub. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just delegating different jobs. And Period. That's it. That's, that's it. it. And we've it's got... It's just a simple concept. Alej- it's it, But they, they just can't let it go. Alejandro Mayorkas, Homeland Security, and many other very, very, very adept professionals are dealing with the southern border and yeah you want to say there's a crisis say whatever you want there are too many people there it's overcrowded and becerra they're trying and becerra becerra he's at the health and human services they're right there that's their job the border right and how many times does jen saki also have to say we want to deal with this humanely we want to deal with this correctly we want to make sure that kids get to their parents we want to make sure that families aren't it's um, just clear it's, it's clear it's And after hearing the question asked 397 times, it finally dawned on us that this was a Republican talking point. Red meat to their base, if you will. And there's nothing Peter Alexander and Caitlin Collins and Mary Bruce love more than parroting Republican talking points to a Democratic administration. Just like they loved parroting liberal talking points to the Trump administration. They don't have a dog in the fight. They're shit stirrers, Vitamixers, egg beaters. <laughs> They're mindless fools used as convenient tools for the cable news machine. And for the most part, their games don't work because no one gives a shit about them. Until Kamala Harris agreed to a sit-down interview with Lester Holt. <sighs> Lester Holt is not a useless microphone jockey drowning in the thirst pool of the White House <laughs> press briefings. 
Lester Holt is a respected anchor of the NBC Nightly News and a <laughs> beloved soothsayer of every mystery that has never been solved on Dateline. He's smart, he's yeah. handsome, and when he's standing up, he's got an ever-present trouser bulge that is hard to ignore once someone points it out to you, <laughs> like my friend JoJo did when we watched the Jean Benet Ramsey special on Dateline in 2016. And then you showed me, and all I have to say is, anybody creeping on Steve Kornacki's khaki bulge has clearly not peeped the superior <laughs> gray suit pant action of Lester Holt. And this coming from me, the queen of the package creepers. You, I mean, you are a professional. There is, there is, I don't you're know unparalleled. Just, the eye is keen. And I couldn't wait to bring you the news, the Lester Holt news. And I love it. And what's, it's just a waste. It's a waste. I don't know what it, why I'm saddled with this because it, and you, it goes and nowhere for me. You immediately DVR Dateline <laughs> and immediately got back to me with 100% yes and yes. Of course. And I listen and I've uh, we've we've talked about it. I've admitted it yeah. I, on TV in real life. Walk past me in the street. I will clock you. I will. And you know that Lester Holt's packing. Lester Holt is packing. Now, the bulge was out of sight when he interviewed Kamala Harris. They were sitting down socially distanced. And can <laughs> I just say, I can't wait until people start doing interviews where they're not a whole fucking room apart. Mm -hmm. It's fucking annoying. Yeah. I don't like the way it looks. No. It's. These interviews all suck because they're weird. They're not normal. Mm -hmm. You can't. And then they're trying to get the scoop. And it's mm -hmm. like, you're 14 feet away, bud. <laughs> so they're sitting there and Lester's package is down. And, they're <laughs> and he's asking her a bunch of different questions. But all roads lead back to immigration because that's the reason she's even there. Right? She's mm -hmm. down. And she yeah, went it. on her trip. She knows she's, yep. this is her deal. Mm -hmm. But he dances around and he dances around and he dances around until he finally gets to the repetitive, redundant, ridiculous <laughs> Republican question about visiting the southern border. And of course, our girl Kiki was not here for Lester's question or his tedious bulge. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. <laughs> and I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. Oh. <laughs> so good. You know yeah, what, Lester? I, Chew <laughs> the polish off of your nails. Okay? I don't understand the fucking oh question. And your point? And your point? Yeah. And your point? And who's going to check me, boo? Who is going to check me, boo? Like, what are you... Why can no one sleep at night without having Kamala Harris physically go to the border? Do you not think that she's been briefed on every single actual person's name that's at the border? She has. And so has Becerra, Becerra, and, and all... She, and she went to the border a few months before she, they were elected. Right. She's been to the border. She knows what's going on. They all know what's going on at the border. They're all very well aware of what's going on at the border, which is why she's in the Northern Triangle trying to figure out how to stop what's going on at the border. We know. Everybody knows. This is not... I'm busy, Lester. I'm busy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Busy. I'm in Guatemala and Honduras and El Salvador trying to stop... Uh, an, a, 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 trying to stop an autocrat, trying to stop a dictator, trying to stop people from being killed so that they don't leave their country to come here. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to give billions of dollars to one of to each of these countries to save these people. Will it work? Probably not, because the government's probably going to take it and they're still going to come here. But fine. So then here comes Miss Megan regurgitated right wing rhetoric McCain 
Right on time to prove that this whole narrative of Kamala Harris being negligent for not visiting the border is nothing more than a Republican talking point designed to keep the immigration drama front and center while Democrats on cable news chase their tails. Exactly. So this is a clip from The View on Friday when Republican pander jizz queen Joni Ernst <laughs> came on to promote her dumb fuck book. And Meghan McCain asked her a shady question just so she could insult Kamala Harris. An insult, mind you, that she had already tweeted but didn't get enough attention for. So she decided to double down on daytime TV and troll the internet for her fix like the hungry, <laughs> hungry tiger she is. Hello, Senator. I'm such a huge fan of yours, and I'm so happy to see you here on the show as well. Uh, Vice President Harris was in Guatemala this week telling people seeking asylum in the U.S. not to come, warning that they will be sent back. She is also taking heat for not visiting our own border yet, saying she'll go at some point. Even some fellow Democrats think that she's handling the crisis wrong. I thought she sounded like a moron when she was talking to Lester Holt, and her nervous laugh is making me nervous that she doesn't know what she's doing. What do you think? of all of it this from the woman whose father uh chose a running mate and it was sarah <laughs> palin okay okay you think someone's a moron you think someone you're nervous that someone doesn't know what they're doing uh, she's making up also also making up this whole thing with her nervous laughter i didn't see one bit of nervous laughter. she's not nervous at all i didn't see any nerves all i saw was like um i saw a blanket of of I'm not taking your shit, Lester. I didn't alpha. See, alpha. It was an alpha laugh. Yeah, that's what it, you know. What alpha laugh? There was no nervous laughter there at all. When she said that thing about Europe, she was like, I don't even understand your. I don't get she your question. Was, she was trying so hard not to. She was laughing in order to be somewhat um, friendly and right. amicable, rather than come down and in a way to make him completely emasculated and to she has humiliate to constantly him. Watch her back that she's not. Yeah, that she's not the fucking angry black woman in the room. That mm -hmm. she's not getting an attitude. Mm -hmm. That she's not insecure woman who just right. has to whatever. When really she's sitting there calmly, like you're not standing up. You're sitting down. I can't see your bulge, and you don't know how big my bulge is. So we're both sitting here bulgeless. Okay, and, Lester, and, and, and your I, name is Lester. Let's not forget that. And I Let's don't give never a fuck forget how big that. your stupid fucking bulges. And it's annoying, and it gets in my eyeballs, and I don't want to look at it. Yeah. And it's just like get the fuck. She's. It's the level of her confidence. While this, it's it's the single mm. thing that one could never doubt and never <laughs> criticize yeah. to have the audacity the moron in the situation is Megan McCain because the one thing that you would never call Kamala Harris ever once is, is, ner is nervous oh is that's true and, and you never call her moron but to say her nervous laugh I'm like I wasn't getting it at all Not I wasn't once. getting it at all never have N never once and I also would add about her laugh of her disarming charming all-encompassing all-inclusive laugh <laughs> is Thank God. Yeah. Thank God there is a person. And Biden laughs too. He's super friendly and charming. And, and Jill, you know what? They all do. Yeah. The four of them, they yeah. all do. The fact that she laughs every time she smiles, it's like a, it's like there's a little, there's a twinkle and it shows that she's a human being who can, you can have an, an, an down to earth conversation with. And she isn't just politicking the whole time, even though she is also politicking. You know what I mean? She was read for filth on Twitter, like not you coming with this take while having 26 shades of blonde extensions in your hair. Like I was like, mm -hmm. just I'm going to drop the mic right there. But the sheer irony of just like acting like you're nervous. She doesn't know what she's doing when I mean, with all due, like like I said, Megan McCain is attractive and she is a good writer and she, you know, she she is well spoken and she is smart. But like 
she only has that job on The View because of her dad. And she only ever had a job on TV because of her dad. Kamala Harris has been um, working for this exact moment and in whatever government politics. I mean, for the last 35 years, what are you actually talking about? She... (laughs) It's like saying Joe Biden is as insulting as saying Joe Biden doesn't know what he's doing, which right. no one would ever right. say. Talk about fucking self-hate. You old sexist bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. I apologize. I hope she doesn't hear this. Well, and if she does, <laughs> I hope that she takes just like for our last tweet to take some constructive criticism. She's be- you know what? She's better than this. Yes. She really can be better than this. And we always say about Megan McCain and why we why we're addicted to Megan McCain o'clock because in there there in there is there is a heart in there. Yeah. There is like yeah. a fun, you know, she's constantly conflicted between like gay rights and then abortion and I'm conservative, but everyone should have freedom. And yeah. blah, blah, blah. she is constantly um, straddling the line and living in a, in a, in a homemade cell of her own hypocrisy yes. that she can't get out of. Yes. And that sucks. And we do feel for her on that. And, you know, we would like to get drunk with her blackout drunk in Vegas <laughs> and just like talk of shit about Bravo people. But she also tweeted a, a clip of a cop not the lester holt it was kamala harris doing an interview in the actual northern tri- triangle and she wrote that nervous joker laugh it's not funny vice president none of this is now you're getting now you're not only saying like to call it a joker laugh is so gross and it is very beneath her to say that it's yeah. just like when you start resu- like you're now having to resort to just like trump is orange insults it you know what you don't got it. You just don't got it. No. It's, that, that's not what it's about. Before we go, I do want to say, for the record, just in case she is listening now, <laughs> yeah. we love you, Megan McCain, <laughs> and we thoroughly enjoy Megan McCain o'clock. If we didn't, we wouldn't show up for it every day. Right, Meow? That's true. There are times that she's absolutely right, mm-hmm. and there are rare times when we do agree with her. There are. We even agree with some of her tragic bugger tweets. <laughs> but we don't talk about that stuff here because even a broken mechanic clock <laughs> is right twice a day. <laughs> now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the giant COVID QAnon culture war that we are all living in right now. She's always hated doing it, but it's gotten weirdly (laughs) harder now that Trump is gone. The problem is that every single day with Jojo and Kiki in the White House is actually its very own so there's that. But the thing is, Jojo and Kiki don't really have the power to make the sweeping changes that we'd like to see because of all the Republican cock blocking shit dicks in Congress. So now we are living in this annoying logjam limbo of good news plus bad news equals nothing ever gets done Mm. rather than how it was during Trump, which was all bad news all the time and nothing ever getting done. (laughs) It's six of one and half dozen of the other or whatever the fuck that saying is. But the bottom line is this shit is hard. If I were Julie this week, I would simply say the news sucks. But Trisha Paytas retweeted our (laughs) Moses interview and she knows what we look like. So there's that. And you know what? It's almost that. It's (laughs) almost that. All right. Buckle up. Buckle in, okay. snap, 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 because this is going to take a few minutes. But I mean, Trisha Paytas does know what we look like. 
I mean, it's pretty exciting. I like to think that she's like, well, they're an attractive duo. And she saw our 14 listeners on our wall exactly. on the Drug Den bulletin board wall behind us as well. Well, I'd like to I'd like to hearken back to the beginning of the show when we were discussing the fact that we feel like, you know, it's because of our interview with Moses and what we discussed about Israel that made the sweeping changes happen uh, in Israel. This yeah, week. there was some it's crazy because of big, us. big news in Israel. Huge. She's crazy. Exactly. We had no idea. Now, for those of you who listened last week and heard our interview with the gentle Israeli water spiritualist Moses Hakman, Hakman, you'll have heard us dissecting, discussing and learning about everyday Israel. And I can go back a week even further. And for those of you who listened, I did our very first spoken word op-ed on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Just brilliant, Mamiel. For the last few right, for the last few weeks, we've gotten some wonderful comments, and I've really enjoyed reading through the the wonderful responses. Truly, it did. Especially that one on Twitter where they said they wanted to kill you. <laughs> that one was fun. Missed that one. <laughs> so we'll have to go back and look at that. But I do want to tell you that it does make me feel very good to know that somebody does want to kill me. And 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 from those, particularly from those of you who told us whether it was a differing of opinion or that you feel like you learned something new or it sparked you to learn for your own self and come to an informed opinion about what's going on over there, as well as those who want to kill me or who spewed poison, toxic waste, just pure old good old fashioned swamp hate. My particular favorites were those that compared the fact that we tried to infuse humor and the openness to a live human being who was vulnerable, honest, and compassionate to those of colonizing oppressors. And that I, apparently I'm a self-hating Jew. And so I say to those commenters, go a fuck yourself never stop fucking yourself i love being jewish you don't know me you're the type of person who gets offended by everything doesn't listen rides the pander wave don't think for yourself never have all the information don't allow people to evolve you're part of the problem you don't understand how to use humor as an empowering tool and yet every comment every word out of your fucking mouth is actually offensive so thank you mm -hmm. so part of what i said in my op-ed is how the prime minister at the time and the Trumpian leader of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, severely needed to get fired or no change for the good will ever happen. Moses, our Israeli water angel, shed light on so many interesting facts and one being that both Israelis and Palestinians don't want to be living under a specter of war all the time and he blamed everything on the politicians. Well, ding dong, one of the witches is dead. Benjamin Netanyahu got voted out of parliament in a blaze of Trumpian style glory. Literally, it was almost a mirror image of Trump. Okay. Benjamin Netanyahu was prime minister of Israel for 12 years. The longest sitting prime minister in Israel's history. He was friends with Trump. Do they not have term? Apparently they get, they keep voting and they don't have term limits. If only he had left <sighs> at right before Trump. It wouldn't have been as bad because it was those four years with Trump where oh they it, oof. it just caused so much escalated, division escalated 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 yeah. and of course Jared Kushner didn't help and they moved the embassy now just like Trump he is also embroiled in a legal battle and is being indicted for corruption as a hardliner he literally stopped trying to have peace with Palestine and basically said a big fuck you and allowed a bunch of settlements to be built in the West Bank where a lot of the tension and awful shit has gone down. What are settlements? What is the West Bank? The West Bank is an area in East Jerusalem that is Palestinian inhabited and run by another arm of Palestinian authority called Fatah. Israel under Netanyahu has bulldozed their way in and taken parts of the land and built Israeli settlements. And that has to be for money. And this is where it gets real gross. Because that's just like Trump. Just like Trump. 
Now, I won't go back into history, but for all intents and purposes, Israel should not be doing that. Some <laughs> may disagree. This is my opinion. They are violating a basic treaty and going into land to build Jewish homes where they really should not. There are very valid arguments saying why Israel has a right to live there, but ultimately it's just wrong. And the Palestinians who do live there are treated as second-class citizens, and it's just gross. The Jewish settlers are entitled assholes who feel they have a right to that land dating back to 1948, the 1967 war, the Bible, and all the bullshit. Many Israelis oppose this, and it's a huge problem, it's a huge issue, but Netanyahu just needed to keep slapping his circumcised dick all along the West Bank, making things worse for everyone there. Trump was supportive of building these settlements. And now I think we can all come to the same mind that Bibi, which was his nickname, Netanyahu's nickname is Bibi, was in some sort of real estate deal with Trump. Trump had to be making money off those settlements. Yep. In January, before Trump was fired, Netanyahu set in motion 800 Jewish settlements to be built in the West Bank, knowing the world was against it. Many theorized he did this to get them in before Biden became president and he would go unobstructed. Well, now JoJo's president and Bibi's shunned to the street corner to go find some extremist Jewish dick to suck. And I say this as a self-loving Jew. Are they going to, you think, take away the new government, stop doing those settlements or no? <sighs> I don't know. That's the problem. We just don't know because the new guy is pretty conservative. Yeah. <laughs> now, the parliament sat down to a very energetic, immature, embarrassing, and dramatic reading of the vote. Netanyahu was voted out by only a handful. It was super, super close, 60 to 59. And just like Trump, he got up, he gave a speech saying how it was fraud and lies, and the new government coming in is going to be railroaded by Biden, and they don't know what they're doing, and they won't have Israel's best intentions at heart. Well, the world said goodnight, Wig. Go to the curb with the rest of the trash. Bibi was making shit worse. And the new prime minister's name is Neftali Bennett. Neftali, which is the name of my sister's cat. The meaning of Neftali is struggling. Way to name your cat after hey. strife and struggle and darkness, <laughs> Leslie. That's so weird. So the good news is that Neftali Bennett was Netanyahu's aide. And he was then was also his chief of staff. They had a falling out. So he at least can see what Netanyahu's been doing wasn't working, and they were looking to make changes and do something new. Neftali Bennett won the prime ministership alongside a power-sharing deal with another guy named Ya'ar Lapid. Well, he's going to succeed him in two years, in right? In two years, and Ya'ar Lapid is more centrist than Neftali Bennett. So it's never been done like this before. Their coming together shows you how everyone hated Netanyahu and wanted him out. Can I say what, what I heard? Sure. I heard that it's like a, that everybody wanted him out, like you said, mm -hmm. and it was like a coalition. It, Israel's like known for doing these fucking coalitions. Mm -hmm. But this is like one of the most like one of the most rainbow coalitions and one of the biggest. It's very unstable because they're all in different like political factions. So it's the first coalition that ever include is including Islamist Arabs mm -hmm. and the far right, which is the Bennett, the new prime minister, mm -hmm. and then the moderates. Which, as we all know, I mean, really, you're going to want to moderate in any scenario, but whatever, um, because Netanyahu was far right, right? Right. So the moderate is the party of that guy you said, Yair Lapid. Lapid. So he is the one, Lapid, who like spearheaded this whole thing, this whole yes. coup. Mm -hmm. And the only, what I think, this is just my hot take, I think the only way he could get the super far right to even like join in and do the votes is if they're like, well, we get to be Agreed. prime minister for two years yep. and then you can take over in two years, knowing full well the coalition won't last two months. <laughs> but so that's what I, I mean, I, a lot of people think 
I guess that it's going to fall apart. I feel like good about it. Um, I like the way that guy Lapid looks. I feel like I look at him, I go, yeah, kind of seems like trustworthy, that dude. Yeah, I wish that he had was the first prime minister out of, of these two. However, okay, Naftali Bennett needed to take his fucking orthodox ass to the table, so that's fine. Everything that you said, I absolutely agree with. And it is very, very fragile. And that's why Netanyahu thinks he's going to get back um, into being the prime minister, just like Trump. That's the thing. It is exactly like Trump. Every single thing is a mirror image. It's 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 unbelievable. Now, only time will tell. And God knows what's going to happen. But this is, I think, a very good step forward. I think Netanyahu, as he's going to stand on trial for corruption, I think that that's what's going to help the fragility of these coalitions. When that guy goes to trial and they start to see all the shit that he did, I think slowly, hopefully, it will open up and make these uh, coalitions more um, stronger. Now, representatives of Palestine gave their two cents and said, we do not see this new government as any less bad than the previous one, and we condemn the announcements of the new prime minister, Naftali Bennett, in support of Israeli settlements. So yes, Naftali Bennett has been in support of those settlements. So that's why we sort of were like, what's going to yeah. happen? Is it going to... Well, they're but in the same party and they're of the same mind, but Bennett's clearly salty and we can only hope salty. he's like, go fuck yourself, Yahoo. Sal cool. Salty. Now, the new government has no future if it does not take into consideration the future of the Palestinian people and their legitimate rights. Now, that's true. And all of our hopes is that Neftali has tempered by his center partner, Lapid, Lapid, and sees that settlements are the baseline, just the baseline, a starting point to work towards peace and allow the Palestinian people a chance to at least just trust this new government to be able to even sit at the table. I have hope and I'm going to remain positive. 12 years of the same bullshit wasn't working. And Netanyahu is exactly like Trump, who's using the government to enrich himself, satisfy a bloodlust of Israeli cult QAnon assholes, and pander to the religious Jewish sect whose time is up. It's time they went the way of the medieval rock kicking, and I say that for all sides. Yeah, I'm looking at you too, Palestine. You don't get to be bully victim, not sit at the table, and try to negotiate, then say Israel had dinner without you. The world is sick of your shit too. So I remain hopeful. Change is good. Joe Biden has even issued a statement. My administration is fully committed to working with the new Israeli government to advance security, stability, and peace for Israelis, Palestinians, and people throughout the border region. International leaders, Europe, Canada, all issued statements that they include peace for Palestine. So, Neftali has gotten the memo, and he himself, and hopefully the Palestinians all read the memo too. But until then, Neftali gave a statement and his speech, and he said... His new government will be one of inclusion and compromise. So let's keep our fingers crossed and say L'chaim. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much. We're so grateful for all 14 of you, especially now. Please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week and $2 for two podcasts a week. You don't have to sign up for both. You pick if you want one or two. They're both an hour. And lately they've been a hot fucking mess. And we don't get them out until the very end of the week. But hey, <laughs> there's no politics. There's no ads. There's no structure. There's no stress. And best of all, 
you will never be pressured to join the Patreon. <laughs> That's right. If nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life thinking about how annoying and insufferable and tone deaf we are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So just go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics to sign up. And if you're still on the fence when you get there, scroll down to the episode from September 2020 called Windows Up Sing Time. If you take the leap and decide to join, it's super easy to import our Patreon podcast into whatever app you use for podcasts. You don't have to listen on patreon.com. It goes right into iTunes, you put it right into your phone. It goes zip, zip, zip right into your feed. Super easy. And if you don't want to do the Patreon, hey, you can always go on iTunes and leave us a review. We're yeah. trying to get like 20 more by the end of the year. So we have at least 2021 by the end of 2021. Ooh, yeah, that'd be nice. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. How'd you do? I see you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty grooving Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Bite. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. A sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. 
<laughs> but not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs>